Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Fix that step. Morning. Oh, still sleeping. Happy anniversary. Mm. And they said we wouldn't last. <laughs> Who said that? Oh, look at you. You're cute. Go ahead, open it. What have you done? Nothing. It's all mm. Nothing. It's Viewmaster. Look inside. Oh, it's us. <laughs> <gasps> look at how young we are. <laughs> oh, God, that perm. Yeah, it really framed my face. There a picture of a bracelet? Huh. Must be some kind of a mistake. What the heck is that? Phil, you what? Didn't. Did he? Oh Did my he? God. <gasps> it's beautiful. Oh, sweetie, I love it. Yeah. Okay, your turn. My turn? Mm-hmm. Where is it? It's on the bureau. Oh, I'm surprised I didn't see it. Where? It's there, it? the red envelope. Oh, so card. No, that's where you're wrong. I am so excited. Hey, coupons for five free hugs. You don't like it? Are you kidding me? I love it. It's so creative. Coupons for hugs, which are usually free. But this makes it official, which is so great. I was so proud of myself when I thought of it because you're impossible to buy for. You never want anything. Um, things I want. Robot dog, night vision goggles, bug vacuum, GPS watch, speakers that look like rocks. I love my wife, but she sucks at giving gifts. I'm sorry for the pay channel language, but... Oh, yogurt maker. I can't not think of things I want. All right. What's up, Liquid Church? want to welcome you to week two of our series, Crazy Little Thing Called Love. If you're in New Brunswick, watching online, Morristown, thrilled that you guys are here. We're taking this kind of honest look at relationships uh, through the lens of men and women, this, this crazy dance called love that we try to do together, where we're always stepping on each other's toes. Um, we may mean well. We may think we know what our significant other wants, but there are missed signals and cross signs, and he winds up disappointed or she winds up feeling misunderstood. A guy does not want free hugs. He wants a robot dog. Let's just acknowledge that from the outset. When it comes to men and women, a lot gets lost in translation. We're just acknowledging that truth because we speak different languages. We look at life through different lenses. Um, if you've ever seen this one, it's called Why Men Should Not Take Messages. If you're listening online, we're looking at a handwritten note that some poor guy wrote and stuck on the refrigerator for his wife. It says, someone from the gynecologist called. They said the Pabst beer is normal. I didn't even know you liked beer. Men and women speak different languages. They do. They, they, they approach life from very different reference points. They can be well-intentioned, but a lot gets lost in translation. The language of love can be a mystery to a man. And honestly, just as the language is respect can be a mystery to a woman. We, last week, we looked at this nugget of truth buried in Ephesians 5, verse 33, where the Bible gives this command. It says, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must what? The wife must respect 
her husband. This is a foundational verse. We acknowledge there is an eye-opening distinction being made. Above all else, the Bible says a woman needs to feel love, tenderness, affection, unconditional uh, uh, love for who she is, apart from how she looks or how she performs. But in the same way, and this is the surprising part, a man doesn't need to feel love as much as he needs to feel what? Respect, honor, admiration for who he is as a man. That's how God designed us. A woman spells love, L-O-V-E. A man spells love, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Find out what it means to him. And uh, the language of love and respect, it's as different as pink and blue. That was the metaphor that we used. Love is the mother tongue for pink. But for blue, it's all about respect. It's not wrong, it's just different. And today, what I want to do is really talk about how this plays out in real life. Like in the relationships in this room, how do we put this to work in a practical way? And uh, anyone here, just real quick, been married more than five years. Let's say five years. You've been married more than five years. You're veterans. Okay. All right. Good. Good set of hands. You can see. Point them out. Um, You know how this goes, right? Um, Let's say you've been married five years and it's your anniversary. You know enough now not to miss this. Do not fumble. This is an important moment to express the love for your wife. And so let's say uh, you say to your wife, uh, you know, I'm going to take you out to dinner tonight. And you, you actually arrange for a sitter. You, 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 you know, you might make this a special night for her. Uh, celebrate your relationship. And you say, anywhere you want to go, I'll take you. Don't, call, don't even worry about cost. Where do you want to go? And she says those dreaded two words, you decide. <laughs> no, 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 no. Seriously. What do you want to do? You want to do Italian? You want to do sushi? What do you, anything you want to do. You decide. No, no, no. Are you sure? Are you really, really want you? Mm-hmm. All right, all right. You, you know what? You know what? Jim and I went out to lunch the other day at this place on Route 10. It's right next to Taco Bell. It's this awesome place. They've got these sloppy burgers. They don't even have tables. You've got to stand up at the counter and everything. You put as much on as you want. There's a Dairy Queen next door. We can go there for dessert. What do you say? I don't want to go there. Now, how does Blue feel? Just pause a minute. He says, wait a minute. You just said you didn't care where you want to go. You wanted me to pick. Are you picking a fight? I just don't want to go there. Well, that's not fair. That is not fair, says Blue. You told me to decide, and then I decide, and you decide you don't want to go where I decide. What is that? I'll be in the car, and he grabs the keys, and he storms off in a huff. And there he goes storming off. There she is feeling like kind of unloved, and two goodwilled people, soulmates on their anniversary, stomping off. Now, what's Pink really thinking in that moment? Ladies, you trying to trick him? Are you just playing games with Blue? Guys, remember her core value. She's very conscious of love, gentlemen. And the truth is, she's thinking, well, if he loved me as much as I love him, he'd figure out where it is I want to go without me having to tell him. That's how God wired her to experience that whole interaction through the lens of love. But from a blue perspective, he just sees it very differently. From a blue perspective, she lied. He's doing this all the time. I asked, and she said she didn't have an opinion, so she's playing games. So here's my question for you. Who's right? Yes, Who's wrong? Yes, okay? It just depends. Do you see life in pink or blue? It's like this phrase. If you take a look at this, what does it say? Some of you are reading it, and you're like, oh, what a hopeful statement. God is now here. I believe that. I'm in church. God is now here. Others of you, maybe you don't believe in God, and you're you're like, no, no, no. Oh, whoa. I thought it said God is nowhere, okay? It's actually a depressing sentiment, and the reality is if you're a believer and you read God is nowhere, you should be freaking out at this moment, okay? This is like, whoa, what the... It's just an example of seeing the same thing, right? And you view it differently. Women see the absence and the presence of love in every word, every gesture, whereas men value respect, and and they see literally the admiration for their effort and praise for taking the initiative. Two different core values for boys and girls. It's how God wired us. Not wrong, just different. 
Again, I'm indebted to Dr. Emerson Egrich for this love and respect message. He actually wrote a follow-up that my wife and I are working through right now. It's called The Language of Love and Respect, Cracking the Communication Code. So if those of you who are looking to go even deeper here, Colleen and I are working through this right now. It's giving us a new language to take a step forward in our relationship. And we identify with this stuff because we know it's true. It is familiar to anyone who's been dating or been in a relationship. Learning to think pink is challenging for blue, just as learning to communicate respect for the men in your life is difficult for ladies. So I just want to dissect this biblically real quick, do a little linguistic work here, stretch you. I want to start with the ladies, like the Apostle Paul does, talking to men. He says, each one of you must love the woman in your life as you love yourself. Go ahead and circle that word love there, because I want to teach you a little bit of Greek. There are three kinds of love in the original biblical language. And the first is called agape love. Can we say agape? Agape. It's unconditional love. The second kind of love is called phileo, and that's friendship love. It's like Philadelphia, the city of what? Brotherly love. And the third type of love in the Bible is called eros. It's erotic love or sexual love. And here in Ephesians 5.33, which one do you think Paul's referring to? What do you think? Anybody? Ding, 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 ding. A, agape love. He says, you must agape the woman in your life. Show her unconditional love apart from who she is or, or how she performs. But check this out. In the entire New Testament, the rest of the Bible, there is not one single reciprocal command for the woman to agape the man. Now, why is that? Why? Answer, because pink doesn't need to be told to agape the man. It is her nature to nurture. She loves to love. It's how God designed her to show affection and tenderness. And when someone's hurting or insecure to actually pour out her concern, that's her natural tongue. But it doesn't work this way with men. To show affection is not our first instinct. That's why Paul commands men to do it. See, by default, men are typically, which one do you think men default to? They actually go to phileo. That's what they do with their buddies. Hey, you want to watch the game? You want to hang out? Buddies, friends, phileo. And if you're a single lady, by the way, this is helpful to cracking the code. Because you've probably noticed nowadays when a guy was interested in a girl, he actually doesn't say, oh, do you want to go out on a date together? Do you want to go out on a date? He doesn't say that. Rather, he says, uh, so uh, we should hang out sometime. Yeah? You're always like, hang out? What is that? That's phileo, okay? He's testing it. But can, we, can we hang out? Can we actually do friendship? And, and you're like, I don't understand that. What does hang out mean? Are we watching the game with your roommate or are we going out to dinner? I just want to know, do I need to shave my legs? This is all <laughs> Pink wants to know. But it's kind of crazy code, all right? But what if Blue is good-willed? He's not actually trying to send you mixed signals. He's speaking phileo, friendship love. That's where he starts. It's not agape out of the gate, which is why Paul gives this instruction. Men naturally think phileo, buddies, friends. Candidly, it's, it's not a big leap for them to flip the switch and think eros, okay? They can do that. The Bible never gives a command to a man to eros the woman. They're like, that's just going to come naturally. You don't need some extra motivation. It's the language of agape that the Bible commands here. It's tenderness. It's caring. It's the empathy that acts as currency in her world. And this is challenging because men don't talk and interact like women do. You may wish they did, ladies, but wouldn't it be strange if men thought like you, if men interacted when they were together like you? If if Blue's world suddenly turned agape pink, how weird would that be? I gave you a sneak peek of this a few weeks ago. But here's the bonus footage. Welcome to the biggest loser. Wait, who got voted off last week? The brothers. They were the brothers? two fat brothers, yeah. Hey, you guys hungry or something? 
You know, I can share something. Okay, um, let me call Rebecca and just make sure um, we're not going to go out later. Because if we're going to go out later, then I'm not going to eat anything now. Hey, honey, how's it going? What are you doing? Who are you with? Where are you? Are you doing something cool? I want to know what you're doing and wh who you're talking to. And I want to know everything that you're doing. And I don't want you to act like I'm being annoying. I just want you to answer all my questions. Well, all right. Well, um, listen, do you want to go out later? Because if we're going to go out later, then I'm not going to eat anything now. Okay, great. So let's go out later. Great. I'm excited. Date. All right, I love you. Honey, I love you. Rebecca, say I love you to me. Tell me you love me. All right, I love you too. Bye. Well, what's going she on? She's talking about the beginning. How does she feel about it, and what is she thinking about how she feels? Um, she's with the girls. Uh, she's with Jen, Farron, uh, Katie, and Sarah. Oh, that's a good group. That's a really good group. And they're watching the foot game. The foot game whatever they are uh not gonna eat so i'm not gonna eat because we're gonna go out later sure so but you guys should get something uh, i don't really need anything did you guys have big breakfast um i had the jamie lee curtis yogurt i actually digested a huge gust of wind on my way to work i um shared a bagel with the uh, garbage i had two chocolate cheesecakes <sighs> Oh, fat. No, yes. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm fat. Are you going to be on the show? Or? Yeah, well, what? I wish I fat. could. <laughs> I'll be on the show. Whatever. I don't care. I love myself and I hate myself. But my diet starts tomorrow. Our diet starts tomorrow. I had a really weird week at work last week, and I came home, and I just felt like such caca, you know? And I'm not saying that it's Maggie's responsibility to pay me endless and personalized compliments every five seconds on the second. But isn't it? Yes. Hello, yes. it's yes. the only that, thing. That, that's why yes. she's your girlfriend. That's the friend part, you know? She's not just a girl. That's it. She is just a girl. She's not like a girl and a boy or anything. She's just a girl, but she's, I'm saying she's also my friend. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, my God. You guys. You guys know my mom, right? She had to put down the cat. Poops. And, and Poops was Poops was one of the founders of our family. Clayton, poops is with God now, and I'm sure God takes poops everywhere. You're my best friends. You guys are my top dudes. We're besties with testies. <laughs> yes, we are. We're besties with testies. Don't you test these besties. You guys want to split an ice cube or something? Yeah. Small one. Maybe yes. just like a small ice yeah, cube? Just drink yes. the runoff? <laughs> to men... Agape is sloppy, okay? It's full of this, like, overwrought drama and this unnecessary, like, conflict and all this kind of emotion and it's all the da 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 da, -da. And if men naturally agape, the world would be weird and nothing would get done because it's not how we're naturally wired. The problem is, guys, if you want to connect intimately with that woman in your life, you're going to need to learn the language of agape love when you're with her. Because agape is about empathy. It's about identifying with someone else's weaknesses, with their insecurity. That's what all the, the talk about diets and things like that is all about. It's difficult for men because we don't like to show weakness. It's awkward when we, like, we, we kind of want to hide our problems and oh, we don't got issues or anything. And if pink has a problem, the reality is blue usually has a solution for it. Because by nature, blue is a fixer. Lucky for you, ladies, I got the tool belt. Tim the tool man, I can fix any issue. This is how men build relationships. This is how they fix issues. If Pink has a problem, she wants to talk about it. Talk, 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 talk,
But if there's a problem, guess what blue says? No worries. I got this. I can fix anything. I can stop that leak. Guys, honestly, have you asked this question? What if she doesn't want you to fix her? Yeah? Rather, what if she wants you to feel along with her? And this is where it gets hard for us because you're like, what are you talking about? I'm comfortable with this. What do you mean feel her? You feeling me? I remember early in my relationship with Colleen and uh, how this played out. It was when we were first dating. Colleen actually had some dental work done. When she was a kid, she was running on a sidewalk. She chipped her front tooth. She fell down, chipped the tooth. And so she was getting some, you know, like a little, you know, getting that chip fixed and everything like that. But she was very nervous about going to the dentist. I said, it's going to be okay, honey. And she came back after getting, you know, her teeth at going to the dentist. And she came back. I remember when she walked in and she was just like, (laughs) this grimace. I said, what's what's the matter? What happened? What happened? Did you get it fixed? And she was like this. And I said, it can't be that bad. Open your mouth. Go ahead. Open your mouth. She goes, mm-hmm. I go, no, just open it up. What's the matter? And they had put on a veneer on her, on her tooth, and it was very white, but it was a little bit longer than the rest of them. So they put another on, so that one was a little bit longer too. And she opened her mouth, and she goes, I look like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> and now she's springing a leak. So I go, okay. I go, no, 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 sweet. You look fine. It looks great. Blue, it starts, I just start looking for my tools. I, I'm like, you do, you look fine. You look totally. She goes, I do not. I look like a rabbit. I look like a freak. I look like a vampire. And I was like, no, sweet. You, no, no, you, you look, you look like Claudia Schiffer. Really? It's okay. Okay. I tried to minimize it. And the more I did, the more she cried and just tears and the waterworks are now full on. <laughs> and a crying woman Let me tell you something, ladies, for a guy that is like number one on our list of things we see that we automatically just want to shut off. There's like overflowing toilet and crying woman. Okay. It's like, no, 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 no. Just stop. Whatever you do. Stop. Turn it off. Stop. Whatever it takes. And I'm trying my best to comfort her. I'm like, we can go back to the dentist. I'll pay for it. I'll take care of it. And, And then her friend Hiram stepped in. Hiram happens to be her coworker. He is a Jewish man. He is very feminine. And he's standing there, and he says, let me see. And she goes, look. And he just goes, it's hideous. Close it. I don't even want to. Oh, it's awful. And she's like, why? It looks awful. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, hi, Rob, and hugs him. And I was like, what is happening right now? What is happening? I don't understand what it does not compute. And Hiram's hugging my wife, and he looks over his shoulder and goes, at me. (laughs) Hiram was married 35 years. And afterwards, he pulled me aside and says, sometimes, Tim, your wife doesn't want you to fix her. Sometimes she wants you just to feel with her. You feel in me? It's called empathy. It's actually identifying with another person's pain and being willing to hold them in it, which means men sometimes, believe it or not, we got to take off our tool belt and get in the pit with her. And the reality, this is very hard for us, ladies, because now we feel naked. Now we feel awkward. Now we feel out of our league. We feel incompetent because this is part of a, this is not a character deficit, ladies. This is part of our design. See, a man is made to work. Back in the garden, what does God give Adam first? He doesn't bring Eve to Adam as the number one thing. Before he gives Adam a woman, what's he give Adam? A job. He says, work the land, cultivate it, fix things, bring order to them. Okay. Our work, ladies, Our ability and solution orientation to fix things, take care of things, that's part of our identity. 
It's part of our default. It's the first question two guys ask when they meet one another. What do they say? So what do you do for work? That's the number one thing we ask. Ask us about our job and you will not shut us up. And we carry this default mode right into our relationships typically. And our orientation, for better or worse, is to fix stuff. And just time out because, ladies, you need to be thankful for that, okay? This is one of the ways you communicate respect to Blue. Because the reality is in certain situations, you need to thank God for his solution orientation. If you're driving along on 287, the Garden State Parkway, your car breaks down. You're alongside of the road there and the shoulder cars was mine. You don't want a guy pulling up and rolling down the window and saying, Are you scared? How do you feel about being broken down? You look so scared. Oh, my goodness. You, I bet you wish someone could come and help you. I bet you did. You want that guy to get his tool belt on and get you back on the road, all right? You thank God for blue, amen? That's in a physical crisis. But in a relationship, this is emotion-based. And pink needs to feel agape, empathy. So when an issue strikes at her core or a soft spot, she doesn't want to actually be handled like a problem just to be fixed. She wants to be a person who is felt to be held, to be heard. And actually, when she's hurting, this is the most difficult. That's why a lot of guys pack it in. Because when, water, when the water works, spring a leak, quite honestly, most guys are like, I don't know what to do. I can't fix this thing. And now we feel defeated. We feel unappreciated for the way God's made us. And that's when things really fall apart. Because Pink doesn't get the agape she craves he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Now switch this. Watch this. Watch this. What about that word respect there? What does that mean biblically? It's very interesting because we all get love and biblically, okay, agape, got that, but this respect thing. Show some respect. What, is it, what does that make you think of? We're in New Jersey, so you probably think of like the Godfather, right? Rio, you got to show some respect for la familia. Respect the, respect the family. In our culture, we have no understanding of biblical respect. So I want to amplify this for you a little bit. And, and by, by, give, by showing you, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. It's called an amplified Bible. Basically, it amplifies or enlarges the biblical text. And here's what it says about the word respect in its original language. It says this. Let the wife see that she, watch these words, respects and reverences her husband, that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers, venerates, and esteems him. And that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. Some of you guys are like, where do I get that Bible? Okay? Are you selling that at the Welcome Center? I want that Bible, right? Guys are like, that is awesome. There's a lot packed in this biblical concept of respect that Scripture highlights. It's literally as if Paul is saying, women, it is critical that you not only agape love your husband, but that you, what? Revere him. That you praise him. You notice things about him, and you actually amplify and honor them. You admire him exceedingly. That's his native language. It's his mother tongue. That's the language that brings him to life. And this is a mystery to most women. You do not naturally speak the language of respect. So I want to demonstrate this to you. I want you to imagine for a moment we are at a military base, and I am a four-star general, and I'm talking to my troops, and I say, uh, men, I am picking 300 of you for an elite fighting force. I'm going to take you guys behind enemy lines. We may die, but we will die together, but we're going to change the world. I'm picking 300 of you. And I picked those 300 men, and, I, and for weeks we trained together, and the training isn't going well, so the general actually says, everyone in, fall in, fall in, listen up, listen up, guys, listen, listen. You absolutely stunk today. I cannot believe it. Look at me, soldier. Don't you look down. Look at me. I cannot believe what happened out here. You are 
This is a dis- Look at me. What I see in you, I wish you could see for yourself. When I lo- look at me, you, you have more courage in your little pinky than I have had in my whole career. Son, I have never seen somebody who has worked as hard as you, but you stunk today. But in three weeks, I'm going to lead this team because I believe in you. The courage I see here, I'm going to be the first on the field. I'm going to first to take a bullet and I'll be the first carried off. But I'm willing to die for you and I know you are willing to die for him. Look at me. We can do this. In three weeks, the world is going to hear of this unit. You may not think you have it, but God has destined you to change the world. And understand, mark this, the world will be different because we lived and we died together. Who are? Ladies, I don't know if you know how a man feels when he's talked to by another man like that. But this is what goes on inside. His chest swells. His tank gets filled because he's being shown unconditional respect. Respect is admiration for who he is and belief in his strength and courage when you can't even see it yet. And when men are spoken to that way and they hear things like that, they do two things. They serve and they sacrifice. They serve. That's why we call it the service. Where'd you serve? Iraq, Vietnam. Hey, dude, I was there too. And the second thing men do is they sacrifice. They die if need be. Men give their lives for those they commit to love, to serve, because they share a code. It's a code of honor. It's a code of respect. They're men of honor. This is at the very heart of who a man is, ladies. This is why he cries when he watches Braveheart. You ever notice that? The guy's like channel flipping. Mm. Ah, William Wallace, blue face paint, a tear comes down. Why does he cry? Because he sees William Wallace and he's saying, I see a whole army of you. Men who are not going to lie in their beds wishing they were free, but taking hold of it now. And they go, yes. They cry at Private Ryan. They cry at Gladiator because God has set within them a deep desire to serve and sacrifice if need be. And that code of honor, ladies, candidly, it needs to be celebrated because it's the image of Jesus Christ himself inside that man. That's what Ephesians 5 invites men to. Guys, at at its heart, this is a full-on invitation to serve and to sacrifice for the ones you have committed to love, to serve your girlfriend, your fiancé, your wife, the mother of your kids, and put aside your needs to actually serve the heart of a woman. And we do that as Christians, not to follow some macho four-star general, but the leadership of Jesus Christ himself. Look at verse 25. That's the whole context of Ephesians. It says, husbands, love your wives just as, let's read this out loud, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In our relationships with pink, we're to follow the example of Jesus who came to this world as a what? As a conquering king? No, as a servant. He made himself nothing. And on the cross, what did he do? He laid down his life for the woman he loved, his bride. That's you. That's me, the church. See, we're all feminine in relation to Jesus, who is the head. And to serve and sacrifice for a woman, this is a call to leadership, man. Greater love has no man than this, that he will actually, what? Lay down his life for his friends. Women, that's why you can actually trust a man, take the risk, to show unconditional respect if he's following Christ. It's not because he's perfect. He's got flaws. He's got buttons to push just like you. You are not in a relationship with a perfect person. Newsflash. And neither is he. But over the marathon of a Christ-centered marriage, he will serve and he will die for you if need be. That's the calling. There was one man who said to his wife, I I, I love you so much, sweetheart. 
I love you so much, I would die for you. And she looked at him and said, oh, Jim, you always say that, but you never do. (laughs) Here's the truth. If you want to be a man of honor, to serve and sacrifice for the women in your life as Christ invites us to, you're going to have to learn to do some things that don't come naturally to you. You need to think pink, guys. And I am not talking about getting in touch with your effeminate side, okay? This isn't about becoming touchy-feely because you know what the world needs? The world needs real men. Ladies, you want real men? Woo, awesome. We're not condemning men here, but I want you to hear this as a call to action. It's a call to lead and serve in honor and respect from a deep place in the masculine soul. It's not to become pink, but to bleed blue as Christ did, no matter how intimidating this feels. So what I'd like to do with the time we have remaining is give every single person here at all of our campuses, both men and women, a homework assignment for this week. We're going to make this live, okay? We've never done this before. That was one of my regrets when I first introduced this material, was not making it live and actionable tomorrow morning in a practical way. So today, you're going to leave here with a homework assignment for it to do with the opposite sex. If you're single, I am hoping this is, may spark like new conversations that maybe have been lacking in our dating culture. If you're married, you're in the mating culture, okay? I'm hoping this may potentially reignite some passion that maybe leaked out along the way. Uh, it's funny, I, I hear that complaint a lot from, uh, from single ladies at Liquid, you know, like, you know, where are the men, you know? A friend of mine, has been, she's been looking for the right guy for 10 years. She's like, I'm getting depressed, I can't find him. She's doing the, uh, the uh, internet thing. She's like, I feel like I'm spending half my salary, you know, on eHarmony. And I'm like, well, how's that going? She's like, well, half the guys lie, you know, about their income or their age. She's getting very cynical about the whole thing, you know, eHarmony and all that. And I was like, you think you have problems. <laughs> I could introduce you to a lot of married people in this church who thought getting married was just going to solve the issue. They're done, okay, they're done with the eHarmony thing. They'd like to put their spouse on eBay, okay, at this point. <laughs> this is where they are. They're just auctioning them off. Get me out of this thing. Whatever season you're in, I'm going to give you homework today that will hopefully open a channel of communication for you. Men, you are going to invite a woman in your life out for coffee to connect this week. No other purpose, no ulterior motive, but you're going to give her the gift of 45 minutes of your time just to sit and talk and connect over coffee. Women, you're going to take 45 minutes this week to write a letter of respect. It's really more of a note to the man in your life, praising him for something specific that he does, something that you notice, something that you admire, something that, that you want to you praise, honor, thank him for, honor, esteem. You're going to write this in his native tongue. This is a note he's going to keep forever. Words of praise are very powerful to a man. So let me explain how this is going to work. I'll start with a coffee talk. Um, when you go to Starbucks, uh, have you ever noticed, by the way, how men and women sit at Starbucks? How, where do pink and blue sit at Starbucks? It, it's like a middle school dance. Have you ever noticed this? It's hilarious. Guys on one side, girls on the other. Whenever you see like a group, imagine in your mind, think Starbucks, you walk in, you see a group of three sitting in those little chairs, huddled around that little table and everything. Wh- which gender is that typically? It's typically women. You rarely see, you don't see three guys Come walking into Starbucks off the construction site. 6'4", six, 6'6", six, six, walking up there. Sandwich themselves in their little chairs. Start pouring the tea and leaning in. Hey, Jim, how are you going on the construction site? How are you feeling about the delays? Are you sad? Oh, I know, I know. I just, you just don't see that. Where are the guys? The guys are typically huddled in the corner hogging the Wi-Fi. 
They're looking face-to-face at the computer screen. They got a little lemon cake dribbled down the front of them, right? But the women are sitting there. They're leaning in and they're connecting face-to-face. That's a, that's a picture of agape, okay? That's called giving the report to build the rapport. In other words, by telling their stories, by sharing their feelings face-to-face. Men, on the other hand, completely different. It's boys in the corner, girls out on the floor. Neither is wrong, it's just different. But this is how God made us. What's fascinating is if you watch this from birth early on, you will see it immediately. It's not conditioning. When my little girl was five years old. I will never forget my little girl, Chase. We would do, you know, bedtime stories. Daddy, read me a story at night. And, and eventually around five, she was starting to read herself. So I was like, oh, why don't you tell the story? And it was amazing because she would open up. She'd be like, once upon a time, there was a princess named Chase, and she lived in a unicorn kingdom. As a father, this would be a night. I'm tired. I just confess this. At times, I'd be like, Wow. You know, I nod, nod off a little, and I will never forget this because my five-year-old little daughter, she's like, and, and I'm like, and she goes, Daddy, look at me, and she turns my face towards her. At five, she has already concluded, if I am not looking at her, then I'm not listening, and this is what you're going to do, men, during your coffee conversation. You're going to invite that woman out for coffee, and for 45 minutes, you're going to look her in the eyes, you're going to listen to her heart, and you're going to lean in, particularly to conflict if you're married. You're going to actually talk about the issues that are closest to her heart. What's got her worried? What's got her feeling anxious? I did this last week with uh, my wife, Colleen. We actually stole away. We went out for, uh, for coffee because the kids were, were at school, and, um, and it was amazing. You know why? Because we had to carve out time to do that. We, we have to do, you have to fight for this because there's always something more productive we could be doing. We could be working on the house. We could be fixing stuff. But we went out to talk face-to-face about our kids, and uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, actually, for me, it was easy the first two because my wife is beautiful. I love looking at her. She's funny. I listen to what she says. But it's this third one leaning into conflict that sometimes trips me up. See, a man's first instinct is to avoid conflict at all costs. When there's a problem, a man doesn't lean in. He evacuates. When it comes to conflict, blue relies on the wisdom of Proverbs 21.9. You ever hear this? Better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. <laughs> That's ridiculous. There were a few guys who just went, oh, I never thought of the roof. That's amazing. But I didn't withdraw this time. I actually leaned in. We've got this situation we're facing with my son. He's having a hard time focusing in school. And uh, it's very upsetting to Colleen because she gets the notes home from the teacher and she sees them at pickup. And the first time she brought it up, I tried to kind of minimize it. I was like, dude, it's not a big deal. You know, at six years old, it'll work itself out. And she was a little hurt because she felt like I just kind of minimized and blew it off. So she brought it up again. That's what pink does. If she has an issue, she's not going to let this drop. So I took out my tool belt. I was like, all right, I see it's a big deal. What do you want me to do about this? You want me to talk to the teacher? I gotta go right on in there, man. I could, I, she's like, no, I just feel overwhelmed by this. You know, he's a handful at home. Have you noticed he can't sit still at dinner either? I'm like, I got no problems. We'll duct tape him right to the chair. We'll put, we'll put, we'll put Ritalin in his Pez dispenser. I got all sorts of solutions for you here. Right? And the reality is, she was just like, what, what are you talking? These are complicated issues. I can't just, just, just reach for my magic wand and wave and fix this. And I remember because she said, she said, you're not listening to me. She goes, look at me. You're not listening. And I could see her eyes are brimmed with tears. And I was like, okay. You're not picking a fight here, are you? <laughs> Do you notice when guys get together, they rarely look into each other's eyes or lean in? 
They don't sit on a couch cross-legged looking at each other. They sit straight ahead watching the TV and talk out of the side of their mouth. You know what? Yeah, they do. You know why that is? Or they play video games. Hey, yeah, so what are you doing this weekend? They don't look. You know why that is? You ever watch Dog Whisperer? You ever watch Dog Whisperer with Caesar Milan? This is very, very primal. If you are out jogging and some dog comes running at you, what do you never do? You never look the dog in the eyes. You don't square and be like, what's up? It's okay. Because now you're facing off. And we got a problem. He's territorial, but he's not going to bite you. You don't square off and say, it's bring it on. And the reality is that's how guys are. We watch TV. We go to the game. We talk out of the side of our mouth. It's neutral. But catch this. That's how blue bonds. You understand this, ladies? We're not idiots. That's how we bond in a neutral way. That's, le- that's male talk. That's how blue builds rapport, by hanging out and doing stuff together. This is not emotionally satisfying to pink, <laughs> okay? She needs you guys to look to listen and actually lean in to conflict, especially if there's an unresolved issue in your relationship. Don't run from it. Lean into it. That's what I did with Colleen. So when this, um, when this issue with my son kept coming up over and over and over, which to men means more than twice, <laughs> and I couldn't fix it, I figured, well, I might as well feel it. And something magical happened, because I actually let down my guard. And in the middle of Starbucks, I took off my tool belt and got in the pit. And said, I don't know what to do either. And she started crying, and then I started crying, and now it's Starbucks, and it's all awkward. (laughs) But all the guys are in the corner hogging the Wi-Fi, so they don't see me. And we actually, I said, let's just pray. And we started praying. We started praying, like there's... And we realized, you know, we don't have the tools to magically fix this, 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 this soft spot of our family's life. And that time together was so healing to us. That, that's what agape love does, okay? It connects. It heals. It bonds. It is better than duct tape. And man, if, man, if you need any, um, as if this requires more motivation, it's no surprise we had the best eros ever that evening, okay? I just want to acknowledge this. They are all connected. It's like the interweb. It's all connected. Look, listen, lean in. It doesn't matter. If she's your wife, your girlfriend, or if she's just simply your sister in Christ, she's not nuts. She's not a drama queen. She simply has a need you don't have. Is that okay? Is that okay that God says she's going to create her with a need you don't have? And you know what? I want you to meet it. She needs to release her emotions and be met with empathy, with understanding. And when you refuse that, she gets the message loud and clear, clear which says, I'm t- <laughs> That is a different message. <laughs> These would be purple sunglasses. That's a different message there. There is no recovery at this moment. The message is, I'm too much for you. You, see, you don't see me as a person to, be, to, to, to feel. You, you see me as a problem to be fixed. That's what she, she feels. And your role in the relationship is the same as Jesus Christ in relation to us. Remember, Blue, you are called to love pink as Christ loved who? The church. That means you're the burden bearer in the relationship. Men, you're the Christ figure in this equation, okay? See, as men, we bring our burdens to Christ, but she places her burden on us. It's actually a compliment. But we respond sometimes as if it were like kind of just an annoyance. 
Can you imagine, guys, if you went to God with a request, you know, I have this issue at my work I'm praying about, and he's like, oh, it's the same thing as last week. <laughs> you are a broken record. Week after week, I got, I got more important things to do in the cosmos than to listen to you again. He never did what I told you in the first place. How would you relate to God if you thought that's how he will respond? There'd be no intimacy whatsoever. That's the secret. We are all pink in relation to Christ, who is the head. He's the masculine head. We, the church, we're his bride. And in Ephesians, Paul's making a parallel. The woman is the church figure. And you know what, guys? She feels wonderful when she comes to you. Her man, the Christ figure, and places her burdens on you. And you carry them. She feels relieved when she can release those emotions. And you bear up under them. And you empathize. And you meet her there. And you actually carry them with her. She feels better because she feels agape. She feels unconditional love. Nowadays in our house, when, when my wife Colleen gets worked up, if she's obviously upset about something and she comes to me, starts releasing those emotions, I have learned now, 12 years of marriage, <laughs> to ask a very simple question. It has made a world of difference in our marriage. And the question I ask her, I just say, time out just one second. Do you need a solution or do you just need me to listen? Do you need me to listen or do you want me to fix it? Do you need a solution or do you want me to listen? That question, men, will transform your relationships. It is powerful because you're relating to her as a partner to be understood, not a problem to be fixed. So that's your homework, Blue. Invite a woman in your life out to coffee this week just to connect. <laughs> I think it goes without saying, if you're married, this needs to be your wife. Okay, I'm just going <laughs> to... I feel with this crowd, I need to say this. I don't know why that is, but... If you're single, you're probably not going to approach this with the same intensity. Okay, just start with phileo. Okay, hey, you want to grab a coffee? Just friends? You want to hang, hang out? Blue, that's your homework, okay? Carve out 45 minutes. It's all about her and this, the two of you. Now, Pink, your assignment is to write a letter of respect to a significant man in your life. And this can be transformational, too. We've put new, note paper. We've given it, I think, to all the women at all of our campuses today. And you can pull that out. And we've given you room just to write a short note. Maybe it's four or five sentences. A letter of respect, and here's the deal, do not draw hearts on this thing. You already have done it. Some of you already drawn flowers. Or you already drawn X or O's. Don't do that. Start over if you did, okay? Because it's not about saying, I love you. It's what you respect about him. It is Ephesians 5.33 amplified. What do you admire in him? What do you appreciate that he does? Be specific. Look at all these words in your, in your notes. What are you thankful for? What do you want to esteem him about? Maybe your husband works long hours. Maybe... Maybe, maybe you're home with kids, that's a huge task, but at times you're like, man, I wish I could escape to the office and get out like him. You know what? At the end of the day, he carries that burden to provide for your family. Tell him you're grateful. You know, for all the time and the effort, you get up early. You, sometimes you have to work weekends. Or maybe he's the one who just stays, he stays at home. Maybe he gets up early with the kids or helps them with their homework or he coaches or whatever. There's a million ways to communicate respect to your husband especially if things aren't going well for him right now. Especially if Blue has taken a hit. This is the moment, ladies. That man in your life needs respect now more than ever. There was a, uh, a black preacher named E.V. Hill, and when he was first starting out, he had trouble uh, eking out a living. He, he didn't have a job for a long time, and he struggled with his wife, Jane, just to pay the rent. And, um, and one night, he came home from his job search to a house that was completely dark. And when he walked in, the dining room table was set with two candles, and he goes, what's the occasion to his wife? And, and Jane said to him, I, I just thought tonight we'd eat by candlelight. I'm so proud of you, just the, just the two of us. And he said, oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> and he went to the bathroom and went to wash his hands and flicked the lights, but they didn't come on. Hmm, click, 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 click. 
went through all the house, click, 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 click. He tried every light, no lights came on. He came out and said, wait, what's going on here? And his wife, Jane, began to cry. She said, you work so hard, and I know we're trying to make ends meet. But the electricity got turned off today, and I didn't want you to know about it. So I thought tonight I'd cook you dinner by candlelight. Years later, at his wife's funeral, Evie Hill remembered the impact that had on him as a young husband. He said, she could have said, I don't believe this. You're not making enough money to even keep the lights on. I come from an upper-class family. This is unacceptable. He said, she could have broken my spirit. She could have demoralized me. But instead, she said, tonight, I'm going to light the candles for you because I believe in you. Ladies, do you know what happens to a man's heart when he swings and misses, but his efforts are not met with contempt or criticism, but unconditional respect? It lights his fire. He changes because you notice because you've chosen to call out the good and see the potential of that man, you've spoken courage into his soul. Dr. Hill, you may know his name, he became a confidant of Martin Luther King Jr., actually helped lead the civil rights movement that transformed the very culture of our nation. That's what respect does. It's about lighting your man's fire. No matter how dim things may be right now, he needs your affirmation, he needs your praise, your unconditional belief in him as a man, as a worker, as a husband, a father created to lead in God's image. Maybe the man in your life has hit a a roadblock at work. Maybe he's facing a transition, and this is God's appointed moment, praise God, for you to tell him you believe in him. This note is going to ignite that spark. It's going to light his fire. Do not draw little hearts on it. Do not sign it with all my love. Notice it says with all my what? Respect. He doesn't need to know you love him. If you ask most husbands, does your wife love you? They'd say, yeah. Does she like you? Nah. It's true. Because you feel agape from pink all the time. You know she's not going to take. But that, that, that like, does she care for me and value who I am as a man? Maybe it's just words of gratitude, four or five sentences. What are you thankful for? Maybe he works a second job. Maybe he takes care of his aging parents. What do you admire? Could be something small, the fact that you clean up after the dog, you take out the garbage, you make sure the car works. Maybe he's the life of the party. Maybe you're like, I see, I see other men look up to you as their friend. You are a faithful friend. That's why I want to spend time with you. Be specific. Tell him, this is a note he will not throw out. You think he still has your Valentine's Day card? Uh-uh. That is gone. The little angels, the little doilies, gone. He will have this decades later. To speak in blue's native tongue is a very powerful. One man wrote this. He said this. I received a respect letter from my wife and was so amazed I saved it. Every now and then I pull it out and reread it. I guess if there's one fan I want in the world, it would be my wife. Now that I'm, not that I'm looking to be a martyr, and God knows I have shortcomings, but these words are gold to me. Years from now, when the bills are paid, the fights are finished, the kids are gone, whatever, what will he remember? What will Blue look back on and cherish? Light his candles this week, ladies, light his candles. That's what it is. You have your homework, both of you. Blue, time for some coffee talk, okay? Don't wear your tool belt into Starbucks. Think pink. Ladies, 10 hot, okay? Give Blue a reason to salute. Make this the note he will keep forever. Fill his tank, light his fire. And together, guys, we're going to learn how to love agape this week together. Amen? Let me pray for you. Jesus, we thank you so much, Father. Um, for sending your son Jesus and Lord the love that showed and the courage and strength 
it took. And Father, we don't often say it enough, but we love you and we respect you, God. We want to follow you, respect you enough to give our lives and follow you, God, even when it means picking up our cross and dying to ourselves. Right now, I pray for the men in this room who are going to initiate those coffee talks. They're a little bit scary. God, breathe courage and life into them as your sons, Lord God. Let them know that you are with them. You go ahead of them. You will speak through them, Lord. Use your Holy Spirit to speak through them, Lord. Words of of love. Teach our women, God, I pray right now, a new language. Even as they write this, Father, may it not be a laundry list, but actually come out of a deeper place that shows that man they care. Lord, it may be a father or a brother they're writing this note to. It may not be a a romantic uh, relationship. Lord, I pray that you'll open up channels of communication all throughout our church family. We ask you to do it, that it would glorify and bring praise to the name of your son Jesus, our Savior and Lord. And all God's people said together, amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.